This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Welcome to Pick a Tale. I am with Access Radio Taranaki, 104.4 FM. My name is Leslie Dowding, and I'm a storyteller. I enjoy telling stories in schools, libraries, parks, outside, inside. I have many stories to share. Some are my own tales and some are from around the world. I hope to bring your world into the world of story. Wherever you are, may you enjoy every Wednesday, 8am. to pick a tail. How is everyone? It's been such a busy weekend. Did you know people had been tug-of-warring down at Namutu Beach? Great fun seeing everybody pull that rope. Well, here's some fun little summer nursery rhymes for you to start today. This is called the Butterfly's Ball. There's lots of monarchs running around everywhere, or flying I should say, but butterflies don't run, do they? Anyway, here we go. Come take up your hats and sway, let us haste away to the butterfly's ball and the grasshopper's feast. There's a trumpet to summon everyone and everyone is waiting for you. On the smooth shaven grass by the side of a wood beneath the broad oak which for ages has stood, see the children of earth and the people of the air, for an evening's amusement, they're gathering there. Come Kawakawa and Totara too. There comes the beetle, he's big and black. He's carrying his friend on his back. There's a gnat and a dragonfly too, and a cicada, green, orange and blue. Here comes the moth with her plumage of dawn, and the hornet with jacket of yellow and brown. And with him a wasp his companion did bring, but they promised this evening they would not make a sting. Then the sly little dormouse crept out of his hole and led to the feast his cousin, the mole. And the snail with his horns peeping out of his shell came tired with distance. Oh, it's such a long way. There's a mushroom for tables, and it's laid with a water dock leaf. There are lots to eat and tasty, the feast. Bee has bought honey for everyone here. Now with steps, the snail did advance and promised a little dance. Everyone laughed so loud when he drew in his head and went into his own little bed. Then as the evening gave way to the shadows of night, the glowworm came out with his shining light. So, after a wonderful time at the ball, let's go home and see what we can do tomorrow, for we are tired and we all need to sleep as the moon comes up and the sun goes down. I think that's such a cool little story, or poem really. And there's just a little piece by the snail here. 
Snail upon the wall, have you got at all anything to tell about your shell? Hmm, well, my dear, well, when the wind is wild or when the sun is hot, my shell is all that I have got. And so he goes inside, which is such fun. And we have one more little funny little story. This is called Elephant. It's quite unfair to be obliged to be so large. Think big, they said, when I was a little elephant. That's what they told me to do. I guess they were trying to be kind, but you know it's hard to think big when you're small like me and everyone else is as big as a tree. Think flowers are pretty, think things are fine, but oh my goodness, it's hard when you're tiny and everyone's so tall. And I would give anything to be as big as that. And then, with a big trumpeting sound, Mother Elephant said, it won't be long and you'll be bigger than me. Ah, I thought, how happy I will be. Here is a hippopotamus. We laugh at how he looks, and yet in moments dark and grim, I wonder how we look to him. Lovely hippopotamus, wallowing in the dirt. I wonder where you have been all this time. Keeping an eye out, no doubt, for anything that might come in your water hole. Have you heard of a hippopotamus on a roof? No, not I. I just like the hippopotamus as he waddles and swaddles by. Well, they're just fun little bits and pieces, aren't they? And here's another one now. This story is called Midnight at the Museum. And it's really funny. Museums are places full of glass cases and animals of all shapes and sizes. At the end of the day, when the crowds go away, there are more wondrous surprises. The guards lock the doors and sweep all the floors and put on their coats to leave. But only we know that after they go, things happen you wouldn't believe. During the day, the animals display, all tidy and neat, but soon after five, it all comes alive and runs the place right off its feet. Animals and birds in flocks and in herds climb out of dusty old cases. They want to have fun, so they jump and they run and they sing songs and have races. After standing all day, they can't wait to play. There are monkeys and bears running up and down the stairs. An emu might squawk and stop for a talk with an antelope, hippo or seal. Zebras might stroll with a rhino or mole and do whatever they feel. You know, this story, I always think, would be really good in the zoo. But Richard and Pamela Wolf set it in the museum. I don't think we have museums with all these animals, but it's very funny. There's nothing so funny as a mower and a mummy singing a song with a fish. A skeleton rattles and parrots all prattle, and animals, well, they just do what they wish. A camel might chat with a large spotted cat. A lizard might take a walk with a snake. They may be some friends. 
calling out names and playing games, and the animals go faster and faster. They can even be found racing around. And guess what? There's marble statues and plaster. The museum is ringing with laughter and singing. Everyone's having a ball. The lion might pause to sharpen his claws or listen to the brown kiwi call. Out in the park, it's very dark, but the museum is lively inside. There's an ape on the back and a woolly yard yak and a hair-raising funny ride. Suddenly they shout, oh, time's running out. Morning has almost begun. Everyone cries as the sun starts to rise and it's a sign that their fun is ended. We must go back up the stairs, the tigers and the bears, and return to their all old cases. They don't make a sound. They stop running around in all sorts of funny places. It somehow seems right that all through the night the animals have all this fun, and during the day, well, they're locked away, unable to frolic and have fun. So now, when you go to a zoo or a museum, you'll know just what animals do. Don't tell anyone about all their fun. It's a secret, and we've only told you. That's such a silly little nursery rhyme, isn't it? But it's a bit of fun. And, of course, we know that a large number of animals are in the wild kind of zoos, and they just wander around anyway. So our last story for today is going to be from Sun, Moon and Stars. sun, moon and stars. These stories come from all around the world and they just are different ways of people working out how things came to be. And so 
This one is very, very beautiful and it's called The Cheese in the Pond. There was a village in England long ago in Nottinghamshire, as a matter of fact, the home of Robin Hood. You might have heard of him and if not, go to the library for his stories are really wonderful. Nottinghamshire is where people sometimes did very funny things. One of the funniest things they did was have a race about cheese. The wise people of Gotham, which meant quite the opposite, that they weren't wise at all, lived in the area. And I'm going to show you just how silly they were. Once upon a time, a long time ago in Gotham, there was a person walking home from the neighbour's house. She spotted something large and round in the horse pond. What is this? she cried to herself. She looked and she looked and she looked in the pond. It shone back at her. My word, it's a cheese in the pond. I must go and find a net and perhaps a rake. She hurried home to her husband and said, Quick, find that fishing net of yours. There's a large cheese floating in the pond. Well, with her noise and a hustle and bustle, other people put their lights on in the houses and came out. What is going on? they cried. It's a cheese. I found a cheese in the pond. That's strange, said one person. How could a cheese roll into the pond? It must have come from the dairy. Or it could have fallen off. A passer-by might have had it in their cart and it rolled away. Well, let's go and look. They had a big net and included a rake. They stared at the big round cheese in the pond. They threw their nets to catch it. They dug into their rates to scoop it up. They tried and they tried, but every time they got close, so it started to move away. Oh, I can't believe this cheese. Maybe it's magic. Maybe there's something special about it. But whatever it was, no one seemed to be able to catch it. The villagers were so tired, they hadn't slept all night. Oh, oh. I think I might wait till the morning, said one villager. Now, the lady that had found it at first, she was tired too. And she said, well, I think we'll go home and try in the morning when the sun's up. And so they went home and rested. The sun came up. The villagers slept and slept and slept until one stood, the lady actually. She went down to the pond, but the cheese had gone. Oh, someone must have stolen it in the night, she said to herself. It doesn't seem to be anything here at all but mud. Oh, well, that was a funny thing. I'm going to find it, though, a great story to tell my grandchildren. I wonder if a big fish ate it while we weren't looking, said one of the other women in the villages. Well, maybe. Maybe. They all sat around the pond and had lots of ideas. 
wonder if you could think of an idea of how the cheese got there and how the cheese disappeared. Let's have a little think. Why had it gone in the daytime, but why was it there at night? Why couldn't the villagers catch it with their net? And why did it move away? How did the pond become so dirty in the morning? Well, these people were called the wise people of Gotham and surely if anyone at all would know, it would be them. That night, the woman woke up with a stir. Something made her get out of bed and go down to the pond again. And there was another cheese but just looked like someone had had a slight bite out of it. Oh, she said, who wants a cheese that's had a bite out of it? I don't think I'll disturb anyone. Maybe I'll get in the pond and maybe I'll just sort of walk out and grab it myself. And maybe I'll have a little bite of that cheese, for surely it must be good if it went last night so quickly. She took off her shoes, put her toes in the water, and as she did, the cheese seemed to move further away. She wasn't a good swimmer. Maybe it wasn't such a good idea after all. So she put her shoes back on and stared at the cheese until her eyes closed and she fell asleep by the pond. And in the morning, when the sun came up, do you know that cheese had gone again? Oh, what a mystery, she said to herself. It only seems to come out when there's a moon in the sky. How very strange. Thank you for listening to Pick a Tale today. I hope you enjoyed that story and I hope you've guessed where and what the cheese was.
story we had was from the collection Sun and Moon and Stars, and I thought you might like to hear another one about the moon. This comes from the British Isles as well. It comes from a park called East Anglia. If you ever get a map out of what the British Isles looks like, you'll find that it seems to have a long boot on the left and a sort of heel on the right. And so that piece on the right is East Anglia. Perhaps it could be fun to get a map out. Well, this is called The Drowned Moon, and it's a very well-known story from that part. Water and moon seem to go together, don't they? Long ago, when East Anglia was all bogs and marshes, the moon was shining up in the sky, just the way she does now, lighting up all the pools, so she can walk about and pick her way safely, as by daylight. But when the moon was on the wane and the skies were dark, out came all the creepy evil creatures, like the boggles and the will-o'-the-wisps, and they would lure people to them into the darkness. Now the moon didn't like this. The moon was upset when she heard it and decided that she would come down and look for herself about what was happening. She wrapped herself in a black velvet cloak and stepped down from the sky right onto the edge of a marsh, which is a bit like a wetland. There was no light except from the glimmer of her silvery white feet as she threaded her way through the pools. All at once, she missed her footing. She slipped and she fell into the murky water. Swift as lightning, the fen boggarts and boggles came out. They were upon her, tangling her up in the slimy roots of the water plants. Struggle as she would, she could not get free. Now there was a person travelling, picking his way very carefully across the marsh, for he knew that if he slipped, his feet would not only get wet, but be tangled up by all the roots. The moon's hood fell back from her face, and her light streamed out over the water. Oh, how wonderful, he said. I can see. He gave thanks that he had been saved and could make his way home. He didn't think about where the light had come from. But the creatures pushed down the moon under the water and decided to place a stone so she could not get out. Some days later, when everyone was wondering where the new moon had got to, the traveller remembered how he had been helped. Where is the moon in the sky? Where has it gone? Everybody said, this is very strange. Where is the moon? The traveller decided to go back to the marsh. I think I know where the moon might be. She may have been caught in the marshes. So he and the villagers got ropes and lanterns and went out. They were rather scared of the roots of the marshes in case they fell into the murky water. But the traveller knew the way quite well, and so they wandered through the water. There they saw a large stone and rock that they had never seen before. Perhaps the moon is 
trapped, said the traveller. They heaved and strained until they lifted the stone out with their ropes and immediately a beautiful silver face floated to the top of the water and dazzled the light of Oh, it was the moon trapped. Oh, thank you so much for rescuing me, she said. I have to return to the sky, but I will always make sure that I shine twice as bright over these marshes so that from this day on you will always be safe. And that's true. If you go to East Anglia and to those marshes, you'll find that they are always well lit and no one ever falls into the water. Thank you for listening to Pick a Tail today. I hope you enjoyed that story. Thank you for listening to Pick a Tail. Look forward to you tuning in next week and listen to the next exciting stories from Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Check out the website and the podcasts in case you were too busy to sit down and listen this time. You can choose your own time. Thank you from Leslie Dowden. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com.